Hi, I'm Lauren. And I'm Mary. We're two best friends who've known each other since we were five. Now we're 30, and we are thirsty for information. And hungry for knowledge. Join us every week as we explore two topics. Everything from organs to orgies, and so much more. Subscribe to our podcast to learn along with us. We promise we'll have a good time. Okay, so this week we are learning about all things light, uh, candles, and light bulbs. I wish we could call this episode, It's Lit. So then like the, the kids would be like, whoa, this is probably a cool podcast to listen to. Okay. All right, let's talk candles. Let's get into candles. it. Candles. You know them. I know them. Everybody knows them. Everybody loves them. Except for maybe people who have suffered horrific injuries at their hands. Okay, keep going. Okay, You're thank you. You're on a good track. All right. So candles. Um, the oldest record we have of them is that they were made by the Romans in 500 BC. And they Roman were made- candles? Roman candles, yeah, but not to be confused with the firework called a Roman <laughs> right. candle. Um, and these are made out of tallow, which is animal fat, fat from cows and sheep. Then uh, a couple hundred years later, they were also made by the Chinese out of whale fat. Wow. And what then- did they, What did they look like? Were they in little containers with like- They were like- no, they're like Gardenia written on it, or like yes, Mary. There were there was one for Cleopatra. There was one for um, you know Caesar. There was one for Romulus and Remus, and it was all like they were all like thousands of euros. Their signature scents. Um, yep, all of that is factual information. Um, we got some fun facts coming at you real fast. Hey, hey, what? Hey, oh. Ow! Oh yeah. Okay, Hit great. One. Oh yeah, that was I did. They're gonna hurt. Um, um, do you know what you would call a candle maker? Master lit tastic. <laughs> Maybe if you're a DJ. Um, fire. <laughs> fire just fire, fire. boy. <laughs> Close. Chandlers. Oh. Yes. Chandlers. Did they have Monica's and Ross's as well? They had no Rosses because they were a high society. Okay, good. Mm. Um, so most of the time they were making these tallow candles out of animal fat. And they smelled so bad that several years <laughs> in cities uh, banned it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I guess there's a, a hormone or a chemical, not a hormone, in the tallow glycerin. And when that is ignited, it's a stinky time. Oh my god, that must have been just a stinky age. Yeah, it really no must have hygiene been. hygiene very well. Mm-hmm. They're they had to candles. poop in groups. What? I mean, there weren't like private restrooms. Like there were communal bathrooms. Oh. Yeah. I guess. What? And then when it's dark, you got to bring the candle, and it's like, ugh. <laughs> uh, romantic thing. shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when it's dark, you got to bring the candle. Um, then we have some developments in the 18th century. The whaling industry grew, and the most popular material for making candles becomes Lover. nope spermaceti. What? <laughs> what is that? What is that? Lauren, <laughs> what do you what do you th- what do you think it is? It's sperm confetti. confetti. 
no, 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 no. <laughs> Sorry. What is it? I don't even want to think of the consequences of releasing that idea into the world. Um, <laughs> spermaceti is an oil that comes from a cavity in the head of a sperm whale, and then it's crystallized, and what? it doesn't stink as much. That's so specific, but good for them. I'm glad it doesn't yeah. smell as much. And I guess because whales are big, they get a lot of it. Um, so then they basically develop a bunch of other better oils to make candles, but th that's not that interesting. Um, and then some guy named Joseph Morgan in Massachusetts uh, invented like molds so you could mass produce them. And again, we're still making these like long tapered candles mm -hmm. you think of when you think of an old timey candle in a candlestick. We're not making cute little votives and we're not scenting any candles. Okay. Um, but I can see why they would start scenting them in the future. Right. All of this, these problems with the smells. Fun fact, Syracuse was briefly the global candle capital of the world. When was this? Um, sometime before uh, electricity. <laughs> well, I mean, like, obviously, once, I mean, once Syracuse had been settled and shit, you know, like, yeah, yeah. at least like the 1800s. Um, <laughs> and so basically, Syracuse was producing candles left and right. And then, Whoa. then there was the invention of the light bulb and electricity and it's goodbye candles. Oh. Uh, but then people still like candles, but now they become more of a luxury item. They become decorative and like bitches start wanting scent. You know, so needy. Um, all right. So, would you like to hear about the royal candle makers? Yes. Okay. Or anything royal. Mm. Okay. So, there's this dude named Claude Trudeau. We'll call him Justin Trudeau. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I'm just Claude. He's Claude. He's Claude. Okay. And he opens a candle shop in Paris. And he and his son, and then his son after that. So, three generations. You hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They make these super high quality candles. They're like, they wash them in the purest water and they're the whitest candles with the best wicks ever, um, with the using the best cotton. And then Jerome, he's one of the sons. He purchases this wax producing factory um, from this guy who is the wax provider to the king because these were real jobs. <laughs> um, oh my God, I love it. And he starts making his candles there. They straight up get a coat of arms <laughs> given to them. Oh, yeah. And uh, they supply the royal court and all the cathedrals and churches with candles. This becomes Sir Trudon. Uh, they supplied Versailles. Ooh. Louis the Sixteenth, uh, when he was hiding there from the mob during the revolution, he had to hide the coat of arms and the motto that are etched onto all their candles with like a layer of mortar and hide during the revolution. Uh, they still provide candles to some French churches today. The brand basically relaunched in 2006, and now they're still making really high quality candles that like a lot of celebs love, but unless you wanna shell out $110 for a candle, you're probably not gonna ever see one. Aw. Well, you could spend the money. I just think it's stupid, but you know, do what you want. <clears throat> into making candles. Woo -woo! Woo okay. I don't need to know any of this because I am a master candle maker. Okay, well, I'll just tell everybody else. Okay. <laughs> the wick controls the size of the flame and the rate of burn. 
So the wicks work by uh, the capillary action, which draws the wick up to the, the wax, sorry, up to the flame. And the wick diameter is going to give you the flame length. Okay. So like the wider wick you have, the bigger your flame will be. Now, when you're making candles, you got to be careful because under wicked candles, if you have too small a wick for your candle, you're going to get some tunneling. And that is when the wax adheres to the sides of the container and doesn't burn evenly all the way down. It looks like a little tunnels made in your candle as it burns. This wow. often happens with soy candles also because soy has a memory. So it will only burn what it's burned before. So if it misses all that stuff on the side, it will never burn that again. Is that why you have to... Oh, I see, I see what you're saying. Yes, that's happened to me. Mm -hmm. Is that why you have to burn it for like an hour on its first burn? Yes, that is one of the reasons. If you don't burn it long enough at the beginning... Well, actually, this has to do with melt pool, which we'll get into. Okay. Um, <clears throat> that's so crazy. A soy candle has memory. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to think of it the same again. Well, don't think of it as sentient because you might not want to burn it. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what so many of us do with our candles, though? We just kind of, like, leave them there. We're like, they're nice and uh, and they're expensive and I don't want to burn them. Yeah. Um, so an overworked candle um, will lead to a, a melt pool, which is the layer of wax that is melted and is just kind of, that's the thing being wicked up. Mm -hmm. um, to get the flame going. Uh, so that gets too big, it covers the wick, candle goes out. Also, if it's too big, it can lead to a weak throw. Throw is... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Throw <laughs> is how far the fragrance travels. Oh, cool. In a scented candle. Also, if you overwick your candle, you're going to produce extra carbon, and then the, you will get mushrooming, which is when you see the little black-like puffs come Ooh, out of your yeah, candle or, or like the sides get sooty and stuff. Mm -hmm. That's generally overwicking. So the melt pool. Uh, the melt pool has to be just right, which is why they recommend before you make a bunch of candles, do a test, test one candle and just make sure you're doing everything right. Because if you don't burn the candle long enough at the beginning, the melt pool won't get big enough and it'll tunnel. And then, of course, if the melt pool gets too big, it won't burn at all. The melt pool then is what you light, and it's the just the the melted wax in the candle. Is what you're saying, or the yeah. top of a candle? Like you know, when you look and you see the liquid in the candle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Then I had some questions about um, the fragrance because no matter what I did when I was making soy candles, the fragrance was never there except for one time. Yeah, I learned you have to just dump in half of a bottle of the fragrance oil. Okay, <laughs> it's that's like all wrong. <laughs> I well, that's how it worked for me cuz like before it was like okay, to like 10 drops and then it never smelled like anything. Mm, well, like what about 1200 drops? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I did too. But it <laughs> turns out that the throw also depends on the type of wax used. Hmm. So there are most people say if you're making soy wax, they recommend this thing called Golden Brands AAK-464. Everybody has said this is the wax that will get your throw the furthest if you're using soy. Um, but in general, paraffin wax is better than soy for a smell. Um, paraffin is petroleum coal or shale oil, which, you know, is really shitty. Is it expensive? 
more expensive than soy? No, it's it's not. No, it's it's shitty because it's shitty for the environment because you're using petroleum and coal. Ugh, um, weird. It's pro like if you don't see anything that says 100% soy, it's paraffin wax. Oh my god, Yankee like candle. all the famous Yankee Candle everywhere. I mean, it's easy to get. It's cheap to manufacture, and it, are there it any holds health benefits? better. There are, are there no. Okay. No, it's just environmental. Basically, then you are also going to want to use fragrances that are formulated specifically for candles. Um, if you see a fragrance, they will they should have their flash point listed. The flash point is the point at which the fragrance evaporates. So if you heat the fragrance to this the flash point or over, you're not gonna get any smell in your candle anyway. Okay, so you just have to make sure that you're putting it at the right temperature. Yes. So like you might have That's to probably heat just wasting all this fragrance oil then. And that is candle making. Woohoo. Lauren, I have all a right. question. Okay. Why are some candles eighty dollars or yes, like, great like the, question. The I did look one too. Okay, good. Okay. So it has to do with a bunch of different things. It can have to do with the glass, if they have the glass custom made for them. You know, if the container oh it comes God. in is like a custom piece of pottery or custom glasswork or whatever. It can have to do with using high quality paper on the label, using higher quality um, waxes and having, you know, fragrance oils, specially high quality fragrance oils, specially made for you using proprietary formulas. And mm. some of it is also... If you want to be in the luxury candle market, you just price them at a higher point. It's just straight yeah. up to make them seem fancier. Or you You're think not of like, I don't know, probably like those luxury candle shops have like a master blender of candles or something, or like a nose, mm -hmm. right? Well, a lot of them are also um, perfumeries. Yeah. And so they use, they can use their, those same fragrances, reformulate them for candles Mm -hmm. And you actually wind up using a lot more fragrance oil in a candle than you do a perfume, um, which some people on the interweb were a little pissed that like perfumes were more expensive than candles. I don't know why they wanted to pay even more for candles. Um, oh, wow. But yes. they were like, you don't even use as much fragrance in a candle. But here's the thing. A bottle of perfume lasts you a long time, whereas a candle will last you like eight hours max. So, right. You know. All right, so candles, candle making seems really tricky, and I'm probably still, like, even though I know all this now, I'm just not going to follow any of the rules still. I'm going to just make candles. Okay. Because I'm trying to make them, like, not cheaply, but, like, I'm not trying to get the best of the best here. Like You don't have to make the best of the best. You should just get a better wax. Okay. Which you can do, and then just make sure to add the fragrance at the right time. Okay. Then those two things I can abide by. But yeah. I'm just thinking like my main goal with making candles is just to refill the beautiful containers they come in. Mm. Other question for you. What's your favorite candle scent or just like genre of scent? Um, I like like a, uh, um, like a bonfire. I want to feel like I'm outdoors at a real fire. Because I, really? I can't get an actual fireplace in this place. So wow. I like um, a fire. What about you? Um, I like, I guess it's more of like a dark kind of, either floral, I like floral, springtime, freshness, 
Mm. Or like a dark amber musk type Ugh. scent. Okay. But I do not like vanilla mm. or like candy sweet. Oh yeah, that's bad. Like sugar cookie, I want to throw up. Yeah. So uh it's lit. It's part two, light bulbs coming up soon. All right, let's take a break. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, we're back. Fabulosity. Here we are. Here we are. I just housed one of my toddler granola bars. (laughs) God, stop it. It's actually a really good mid-podcast snack because it is in two bites. How did you come across these and not know that they were for toddlies? Well, I was doing my uh, grocery shopping online healthy-ish granola bars and I was like all right I'll try these they're like on sale or whatever and I didn't look (laughs) and they're like an inch long for toddlers I saw it was like for your growing bones (laughs) (laughs) it was like you can only eat these if you can sit upright and chew on your own (laughs) Uh, because the problem is that people were trying to give them to kids even younger than they were intended for not not (laughs) Not that any adults were getting them (laughs) I don't mind the size. It's just kind of a waste of money. (laughs) That's true, too. Okay. All right. You're going to teach us about bulbs. I'm going to teach you about light bulbs. So. Yes. First of all, I just want to address this really quick. You know the idiom? This wasn't in my research, but I was just thinking about it. The idiom, like, a light bulb went off in your mind. Yeah. Shouldn't it be a light bulb turned on? maybe, Maybe it is. No, it's light, like, oh, and the light bulb went off. <laughs> and I stopped all thought. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now I kind of hate this. Why isn't it that it goes on? Um, it's incorrect. People are apparently. Dumb. People are, I guess the light bulb went out. <laughs> <laughs> light bulb went out in everyone's brain. It says the phrase originated in the late 1960s. Mm-hmm. It was mentioned in the Times in 1971. And someone recently on Twitter was just like, what did exactly what I just did. What? Shouldn't it be the light bulb went on? This is fun. Um, you know, Felix the cat cartoon? I, yeah, I love that guy. It says, Felix the cat cemented the idea of a light bulb as a new idea. Because it was like a silent cartoon and it yeah. kind of like popped up over his head oh, in the animation. How fun. Cool. Okay. Lauren, do you know who invented the light bulb? Oh my god, was it not Thomas Edison? No. I knew it. He's a fraud. It's it was over or somebody. <laughs> I know. It was like 22 different inventors. So Oh, just like people kept coming up with that idea, or it took a lot of people. It took a lot of people. So there were like there's so many different versions of a light bulb, so many different modifications of the light bulb different patents people were like stealing from each other borrowing or like seemingly crime doc we need (laughs) uh but he was he he did a lot for the invention of he being edison yeah thomas edison like making it more viable and commercial but there was like a lot of other people that were involved wow what a douche (sighs) i know so it said that in 1802 Humphrey Davy, 
from Great Britain, invented the first electrical light. I'm sorry. That's the worst name I've ever heard in my life. Humphrey Davy. This guy was highly educated. Really? And I, so the electric arc lamp was what he was known to invent. And it was basically attaching a wire to a battery that had carbon at the top. And the carbon glowed temporarily. Whoa, cool. Possible. He also invented nitrous oxide laughing gas. Well, I've never even gotten the pleasure. Basically, like, he was just in a, in a creative person at the time and, right. and highly educated. So he not only was a chemist, he started out as a chemist at an apothecary, like a Ooh, pharmacist nice. in the U.S., but then he became an actual chemist as we know them. Mm. He was also a poet and a painter. Okay. So we kind of like bridged that gap between art science and science. Art. Yeah. He was known to like blow stuff up, just put stuff together, blow it up. All right. Now he, I like, appreciate him. He put like nitrous oxide together, tried it, and then was like, we should use this as like anesthesia. And everyone hmm. was like, nah, until later <laughs> on. And then they're like, wait, that was a good idea. He also isolated nine different elements, which is the most anyone has ever isolated before or after. Like no one has ever isolated that many he uh like i said was a poet and he actually <laughs> wrote God. he wrote a bunch of poetry about his inventions and discoveries. <laughs> i love it his best his favorite subject to wax poetic about is his own discoveries yeah so he's Respect. like laughing gas and then he writes <laughs> this is the worst subject you could write a poem about <laughs> they're just like some fun <laughs> Little nuggets here. He says, Not in the ideal dreams of wild desire have I be beheld a rapture awakening oh form. My bosom burns with no unhallowed fire, yet it is my cheek with rosy blushes warm. <laughs> wow, if that's so what like, make you want to use it, I don't know what does. He's like, Ooh, I feel good. Okay, so we're talking about the incandescent light bulb, mm -hmm. Lauren. It is basically. The, you know, household light bulb that was super typical uh, in, like, our, like, commercially, we use it in, like, lamps, flashlights, etc. Mm -hmm. And um, basically, it's, you know, the look of the bulb, classic bulb. There's a wire at the top, um, and it's heated until it glows. Mm. So it actually emits 10% light, 90% heat. That's why, like, an easy bake oven works. <laughs> Hmm. This is a, literally a light bulb. Did you wow. Yeah. yeah, I did have one. That yeah. So like shit, everything that came out of that. It was like always way too small, but it was like mm -hmm. hot. And you're like, I don't, do I trust this? I'm like, I guess so. It's like a mini oven in there. So Thomas Edison helped create the incandescent bulb as it is today. But also Joseph Swan in the UK, his mm. house was the first to be lit by bulb. Wow. And his bulb was the first to light um like a public building which was the savoy theater in london so that was like the first mm. public building ever to be lit by electric incandescent light bulb cool lewis howard latimer was an african-american inventor and basically all-around amazing patent guy so he's like super smart also educated in massachusetts his parents escaped from slavery um, oh. so they went up north um, and he was hired by Thomas Edison's kind of, I guess, a competitor um, company called the U.S. Electric Lighting Company. 
And it was there he modified filaments in a light bulb. I'm not going to go into the anatomy of a light bulb. There's a lot of shit going on. But like he did a thing that made the light bulb better. And then Thomas Edison was like, we need you. So (laughs) then hired by Thomas Edison and like worked with him in his early days and everything. Like he like worked one-on-one with Thomas Edison, which is pretty cool. Great resume for him. He wrote a book on in, it's called Incandescent Electrical Lighting. Um, and just like great guy. He also was like into poetry and stuff. Is that just how people were educated at the time? Like science, poetry, do it all, well-rounded. I guess so. I guess so. Now it's like you can't be doing both. That's two different brains. <laughs> <laughs> you must pick one and only one. Okay. So light bulbs themselves. Nah. We're gonna talk about three kinds of light bulbs. Okay. okay. So the incandescent, that burns, again, there's a lot of units of measurement and whatever. I chose to do amount of hours these light bulbs burn to compare them. Because to me, it's just more tangible. I can understand it better. So incandescent light bulbs are like super not efficient. They use more energy. Like I said, they're basically just emitting more heat than anything. And they only last for a thousand hours each. Fluorescent can last up to fifteen thousand hours, and LED, the most efficient of all, can last thirty thousand hours. Wow! So I don't know if you've noticed, but it's kind of hard to get incandescent bulbs now, and it's all like LED topia mm-hmm. these days. Yeah, aren't they better for the environment too? Yeah. So actually, in two thousand nineteen was the last was the closing of the last incandescent light bulb factory in the united states wow see we can move away from incandescent but we can't move away from coal we can't move away from candles god (laughs) (laughs) um but the led market which is short for light emitting diodes Mm -hmm. um it it emits light when a current flows through it so is again science and i didn't look it up but less heat is produced Mm -hmm. and it's about 75 percent less energy than an incandescent bulb Mm, very cool um and they're very cool their market is projected to be at 25 billion in 2023 i know that's insane because it was at 2 billion in 2014 and then um so they're basically used for everything an incandescent bulb was used for but also like really efficient in like plane and car headlights Mm. Your camera flash. And uh, it even, they're like doing a bunch of um, experiments on plants. So I guess. Like as grow lights too? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, so what's interesting is you can't, they're, they're finding out that it might not be, LED lights are just like not very good for animals. They're like mm-hmm. disorienting to, to bugs. Huh. <laughs> um. Just because they like have such an extreme light, I guess. Mm. The there is kind of a conspiracy theory about um the Phoebus cartel. I'm sorry, the what? Phoebus. Phoebus cartel. I feel like okay, we have like drug cartels and like trafficking (laughs) rings, but like the science cartel. (laughs) Uh, Like, what's really going on? (laughs) Who are these nerds and what are they up to? These nerds are from 1924. Oh, okay. They're a supervising body, like basically a global supervising body of like oh my god light bulbs. So okay, 
what they did they call themselves a cartel or did they like try and mask yeah. it as anything okay they called themselves a cartel i guess the connotation wasn't there at the time okay it's <laughs> <laughs> like a bunch of felons yeah, just a bunch of thugs um so what they did with the incandescent bulb mm. is make them higher quality and brighter but that meant they lasted for uh, less time and were more expensive. Wow. It's like a win-lose situation. Yep. So they basically tried to... To me, the issue is that they were a monopoly. They basically slowly shortened the light bulb lifespan for their own their own uh, benefit. It sounds right? like so they, they got made, brighter, though. But they made a ton more money. Like mm, Right. With... You're supposed to make them, like, as efficient as possible, but, you know, they're, like, burning out like crazy. Mm. People kept buying them. Um, and that's why they call them a cartel. <laughs> the bad boys. Um, they closed operations in world due to World War II, mm -hmm. but um, a lot of people attribute, like, the death of incandescent light bulbs to the Phoebus cartel. Wow. Like, oh, they made them so much less uh like you could burn them for less time and people don't want them anymore they're too expensive so that's what they done did there hmm. now there is a light bulb that has been burning since 1901 one light bulb yep it's called the centennial light okay. and it's in the guinness book of world records as the longest burning light bulb. How has it been burning for that long? Is it really? I feel like there's hijinks <laughs> going on there. <laughs> well, it is in Livermore, California. And okay. the light bulb, I guess it just got some media attention. Like, man, that's an old light bulb and it's on. And what's happening? And it, they found out, they tracked, tracked it, and it was a... Um, Light bulb made in Ohio by a French engineer. Hmm. And these were basically, he was making super efficient bulbs um, at the time. And there's like a few out there still, I guess. But this one is the longest <laughs> burning. Right now it's super dim, like four at like four watt. People call it like a nightlight <laughs> at this point. Mm. Uh, but they've moved it a couple times. So <laughs> they got really specific about their, the last move um, from, I don't know where it was coming from, but it was moved to a fire department where it is now in Livermore, California. Oh, in case it explodes or something? <laughs> no, so it, it had to move for some reason oh, okay. in 1976. And they talk about it like it's like this big serious thing. They're like, it, uh, it, the, the electricity was off for 22 minutes. It was transported in a specially designed box. Oh my God, why? It had a fire truck escort. What? This is ridiculous. It had its own electrician that was like monitoring this. Are and you kidding me? They plugged it into the emergency generator at this fire department. This <laughs> so will never like go out. use of their emergency generator. <laughs> but it lifts the spirits of the people. Does it? Does it? So that's the centennial light. And okay. may we all burn as bright as the centennial light. Why? How is it still going? Does it just need to be? I don't know. I have no idea. No one knows. That's why it's it's an anomaly phenomena. Okay. 
So I also really wanted to know about smart lights. What is yes. happening? How does that work? How, right? how does it know what my phone is thinking? Yeah. How is Scott turning the light off? Wait, you have hour? smart bulbs? Yeah, he has some smart bulbs. Mm, it's really and hard then, for you guys to just turn the lights off. He never uses them because no, everything is like in like a 12 foot radius. <laughs> like <laughs> we're not like ever in need of that. Like, oh, oh we left the light on. Yeah. Like whatever. So you can either have a Wi-Fi or Bluetooth version. Um, the Wi-Fi one, you need a hub. Um, and then it just basically inside the bulb is what I wanted to know. Nobody is telling me this. It was very hard to find. But there's a radio inside the bulb and a microprocessor. So this is just like fancy ass bulb that hmm. connects to Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. Okay. That's it. All right. That's a lot simpler than I thought. Yeah. Well, I also simplified it. Well, thank you. Yes. Um, and then one more thing that just really ties our two stories together today, Lauren. A 60-watt bulb is equivalent to 50 to 55 candle power. That sounds about right. <laughs> um, candle power, by the way, is a unit of measurement that is, like, ancient. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember when they stopped calling it that, but it's a candela. That's what we should be using now. But candle power sounds way cooler. Yeah, it does. Candle power. power. (laughs) Yes. Um, So, listeners, feel free to take 50 to 55 candles and put them in your ceilings. Put them in your easy bake oven. (laughs) You can make a cookie that's an inch long. Now, they probably have like recipes for an easy bake oven. Right. Yeah. It's like full on, um, like potatoes au gratin. You're like, what are these kids doing these days? De, de confit, mini. <laughs> All right, Mary. All right, Lauren. Well, it was great learning with you today. You as well. Thank Time you. to sign off. Time to sign off. Good, Good night. night. And leave, leave us, us alone. alone. Thanks so much for listening. Listen to Learning with Lauren and Mary wherever you listen to podcasts. If there's a topic you're interested in learning about, email us at learning at laurenandmary.com. Or find us on Instagram at learning with Lauren and Mary.